Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Tonight, I'm going to be talking with Sal Osborne, the coming out coach on Instagram. So if you have seen the documentary Mormon No More on, I believe it's on Netflix, Sal and her wife, Lena, are featured, their story is featured on that documentary. And in the documentary, her parents are active when she transitions out of the church. And so I thought she would be a great person to talk to. So we're going to try again. Woo-hoo! Hi! I am so sorry. Can you see me? I can see you. Okay. Phew. All right. We got this. We're going to talk about communicating with active family members. And I watched the documentary that featured you and Lena and your story. And in oh. that, your your parents were still active. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn in like communicating with them in this whole process of coming out and getting divorced and leaving the church. That's a lot of, yeah, a lot of changes. Yeah, It was a lot. I left when I was still married to my former husband and we were in like a mixed faith marriage for quite a while. Mm. He was leaving and, and trying to figure things out. And then it was eroding our relationship. And eventually I decided to, you know, hear him out and listen up and, you know, do my own research. And then that led me out and Honestly, telling my mom was the hardest thing I've ever done. Like it was the hardest part of of having this realization, like the hardest thing to tell her because I knew I was going to fall off the pedestal. I was going to no longer be the golden child that she, you know, saw me as and that was really devastating and scary and something I really had never navigated before. My mom and I I don't remember disagreeing with her on things very much. And, wow. And we kind of just always were best friends and we had a really close relationship. I'm the only girl of five kids and it was kind of like, it felt like me and her against the world. And so when I left, I was really for the first time stepping out on my own and willfully disagreeing with her on the most important thing in our life. And it was hard. She held handled it, you know, well, but also she's had times where she's been like, I'm sorry for how I handled that. I could have done it better, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are things I could have done better. But basically, I have learned so much. I feel like the main thing that really got us through was leaning and remembering the bond that we had and the foundation that we had built. Yeah. So that when it, this storm came, we were built on solid foundation and we were able to weather the storm ultimately. Yeah. So you had already built, it sounds like, a relationship that was based on more than the church in common, which a lot of people don't have. Mm. When And they realize that when they when they leave, it's like, oh, there's nothing in common. So that is that's amazing that you had built that that foundation with your mom, what do you think led to that? Or what 
I mean, was it being the only girl? Was it just kind of how your mom just really open hearted? What do you think? Well, my mom is a gym. Both my parents are amazing. They're, they're special. And I think that is something, but I also feel like we all think that the church is the thing that we have in common, but when in reality, we share humanity in common and the church is just connecting us to spirituality. We're just putting it in that framework and saying, this is the vehicle that I'm going to use to connect with my spirituality. Yeah. And really every human has that. And all I was doing was changing the vehicle or, you know, reconfiguring the vehicle of my spirituality. And so really we still, we have the same things in common and we always did. It's, it's just a mindset and it's a, it's a breaking of everything that we had learned. And she really had to do work on her part to push the boundaries of what she had been taught Mm. in order to really have her heart open to me. There was a period of time where we weren't as close and it wasn't that we were like upset with each other, but it was a processing period. So Mm. it was more Mm. like I'm processing something that she really can't understand. So for the first time ever, I couldn't lean on her. I couldn't be calling her for my crying and my, you know, panic attacks and my, oh no, I lost my whole community, like normally she would be the person that I would be talking to about Mm -hmm. any problem that I had, but she was no longer the person. So, and for her, she had to process all of that as well. She had to process me leaving and, and it would have been detrimental for me if she had tried to process that with me. You know what I'm saying? So you needed that. So we had to kind of, yeah, we take space and like find other resources and, and find ourselves and ask ourselves, you know, harder questions. And, and honestly, it, it led to a lot of growth for both of us because I, I hadn't realized how codependent we really were. <laughs> but the, this really helped me to see how much I have depended on her and how much she depended on me. And it was quite healthy. Not not to say that it wasn't really painful because it really was like I didn't I didn't want that distance from her. I was just so happy being codependent with her. But I think it really pushed us both in a really positive way to grow in our own personal way, her with her own personal faith, where she had to kind of say, well, the church is saying this and, and I'm learning this and this is how, you know, I've kind of perceived people that have left the church, but now it's her, my daughter. And like, she's still her. And so that doesn't really fit. So how am I going to make sense of this? And how am I going to stay with my heart open? Because a lot of times we're taught not to keep our hearts open to people who have left because it's a threat, right? right. It's, it's scary. It's like, well, I don't want them to influence me and, and I don't know what, they've, what they're going to do or what they're going to say. I don't know if I can support everything they're, they're going to choose now. And it can be confusing. And then, and then we can lose that closeness that, that we had built for so long. Yeah. What did your mom, if, if she shared this with you, what did she have to kind of expand in terms of her beliefs in order to kind of come back together with you and kind of have that, that bond again. Cause you said you had time away. What work was she doing during that time? Yeah. So she was devastated when I left and she was confused and she was just distraught and she had to really lean into the fact that her idea about what it looked like to be a good person was. And (laughs) 
you know, like reevaluate what it meant to be Christ-like or, or to even what it looked like to be her daughter. Because I think a lot of it is a reflection of her. And and that's hard to put your whole life into something. Her whole life revolved around making sure that her kids stayed faithful. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so when the kids start leaving, you're like, well, my whole life's work is not for not like. And so I think there was a lot of work to be done there where she had to find her own worth and realize that all the things that she had instilled in me were the reasons that I left the church (laughs) and that I still was loving and kind and wanted to help people and wanted to have integrity and, and wanted to raise good kids and love people. And, and I wasn't aligned participating in the way that I had been in the church anymore. And so she really had to break free of what she was taught. And that's not easy. She had to see me as a human instead of seeing me as a member of the church or whatever she thought that was, you know, supposed to be. Yeah. Or an extension of her, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, you better stay active so I can feel like my life has value. (laughs) Yes. I think that's a really important lesson for us to learn and and you know as children we all break our parents heart (laughs) like we all do no matter what even if we stay in the church we make choices that they don't you know expect so I like to say it's our job as adults to disappoint our parents what have you learned in that process of communicating with your mom like do you have any any suggestions for people that are going through a faith transition and have active family members like what are some ways that they can keep the relationship going um, in healthy ways. So there's lots of things we can do. Number one is to help them to feel safe and to be open about kind of the boundaries that you want to respect. So having a conversation with them and saying, I want to be able to be myself, but I also don't want to alienate you. And I don't want to make you feel like unsafe around me. So what can those boundaries look like? I don't need to talk about the things that I've learned about the church that are troubling me. I don't need to speak about specifics. I don't need to, you know, you can kind of set their mind at ease around that. And yeah. and also say, in time, I hope that I can share my heart and, and share the emotions that I've been going through. Because it's at the core of it, it's about the relationship. So if you can show them love and show them that, that you are not rejecting them just because you're choosing to step away from the church that they love, often people feel, oh, well, then you think I'm stupid. You think I, you know, am making a bad choice because you're making a different choice than me. And so acknowledging that and getting that out in the open is going to be really important. And if you don't have the capacity to do that, you know, then there is an angry phase normally for people who, who step away. And so sometimes during that angry phase, you don't want to be around church members so much because you can offend them. You can say things that are going to hurt them. And that's not, you want to protect the relationship. So that's something that is important to really realize. And if, and if it's going to damage the relationship, you can tell them, Hey, I'm not feeling up for it. Like, I need to make sure that I don't say things that are going to hurt you. So being really open about where you're at with it. And then I also think showing them that you're still you like as much as you can. And 
connecting with them on a, a deep level that can um, have experiences where you're connecting that doesn't have to be about the church all the time. It doesn't have to be about, you know, the stressful things. You guys can schedule the time that you want to have a hard conversation and then have that hard conversation. And then if they know they don't have to talk about it all the time, then they can be more at ease. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. (laughs) It's just a lot of, a lot of threats, you know, and, and I love this phrase, uh, resentment is grown in the unspoken. So resentment Mm. grows when we don't communicate, when we just are passive aggressive when we don't bring up hard things and then it's like so awkward and everybody feels unseen and unheard because it's like, well, I just had this big thing happen and you didn't even bring it up. Right. Yeah. And that's just, that's only going to lead to miscommunications and misunderstandings and you're missing an opportunity to show them that you're not only the same person, but you're growing. This is growth. Yeah, like reframing it as potentially this is a positive thing for you. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to see with the conditioning that we get in the church. Because it's like the worst, the absolute worst thing that could happen, you know? Oh, yeah. Lots of people tell me their parents tell them they'd be better off dead. Or I I wish you would have told me you had cancer. Yeah, like that blows my mind. But the pain is real. Like I've had people share that kind of pain with me like as a therapist when family members have left the church it's it's that painful and that scary yeah it's really sad and and it's important to to hold space like if you can and to realize that it is their conditioning and that it's not about you and to hold that pain and understand of course it's going to be painful but you know I was there I know the conditioning I was Mormon and that's one thing I think People who step away really need to draw from that and realize, oh, I was them. I can have compassion. I can literally have empathy because I I was in their position. So it's important to remember to not take it personally as much as you can. Right. You know? Right. And for members of the church who are dealing with their family members leaving, that's important to remember too. Like, you don't need to preach to them. They already know. Like, they were there preaching it too. So it's a waste. It's it's insulting to try and bring someone back. It's only going to hurt your relationship. If you do anything that invites them back to the church, it's going to be detrimental to the to the relationship. Yeah. And I want to add versa. If your agenda is to try to get them out of the church, that's the same thing. Like people often will leave and then become missionaries for leaving instead of right. for the church, you know. And so I think like respecting where people are is so important for both sides of the relationship. Absolutely. And honestly, that is such a huge, huge, important thing to learn. If you want, if you have left the church and you want to make an impact on people, like, of course, speaking from someone who stepped away, when other people do, you're like, that's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful to have more people that will be able to connect with me and understand what I've been through. Right. And, and it's exciting because you see how it's benefited your life and, and how you've grown and everything. So it's exciting. And realizing that the only thing that's going to help people to be open to seeing things differently is by not rocking their boat, not pushing, 
not trying to be a missionary, not trying to shove anything down their throat or be angry because that will do the opposite. What happens when you are in a boat and somebody starts rocking the boat, you hold on tighter, right? Yeah. So it's it's only going to hurt the relationship. And even if they never end up leaving, this is a very beautiful exercise in finding your highest self, in learning how to be in relationship with someone that you care about more than a religion, more than someone's idea of what God is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Very, very wise. Are you open to taking some questions from people who are watching? Sure. So if you have of any course. questions for Sal, put them in the comments or you can click the icon with the, the question mark and ask your question. I know many of you have probably seen the documentary Mormon No More that Sal was in. Uh, so if you have questions or comments, I'll let you pick them. Okay, we have one here. Any tips for newly dating women as a woman? Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't have a lot of experience in that, honestly, but I've coached a lot of people that have gone through that. And I would say being with a woman is much different than being with a man. So if you've been with a man, expect all the emotions and all the hormones all the beautiful feelings and, and a deeper, con I mean, obviously a very much like deeper connection. You, you think about the, the connection you have with a girlfriend or whatever, and then you add in the sexuality part of that. It's a, it's much more intense. Mm -hmm. So be patient with yourself um, and just go for it. It's very natural. <laughs> And there's, there's another uh, comment just saying, wanted to thank you for bravely participating in the documentary because representation matters. So thank just, you a, so much. just a nice comment there. Let's see if there are any other questions for you. I saw one before it said, how long did it take your faith transition take? I think looking back on it, I was going through a faith transition without knowing it you know, processing things as they came from my, um, from my, my spouse at the time and kind of like slowly it was cracking, but I wasn't aware of it. And then when I did decide to like allow myself to be open to the possibility of things being not what I thought they were, it, it fell really quickly, like in a couple of days. So a couple like, of days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had not exposed myself to anything like, but then when I, I kind of like, Mm, I think a lot of people relate. I like binged everything. I read everything. I binged everything. And my, my husband had been doing research for a couple of years. And so I didn't have to do all that digging because I knew that it was, it had been verified. Yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of just fell really quickly for me um, at that point. But the, the process, I think I still attended church every once in a while for mm -hmm. like, six months to, to a year after I didn't believe anymore. Wow. Wow. Okay. Cool. He, here's another question. How to navigate sibling relationships when they aren't supportive of sexuality or faith transition? You know, when you go through some changes like this, relationships often naturally come and go. And when you can have healthy boundaries and, and really go inward and sit with what feels healthy to you, what, what is feeding your soul and what energy is really toxic and, and like hurting you relationships naturally kind of like fall away. But when it's a family member, 
you know, you're never not going to have them in your life. So it's kind of learning how to restructure that relationship and nothing's permanent. So maybe for a time you need to have more space. Maybe for a time it's, it's healthy that you don't have as close of a relationship and you you don't want to necessarily avoid conflict, but being open about where you're at and letting them know, like, if you're going to talk about anti-LGBTQ things when I'm around, then I can't be around. If you're going to try to talk to me about church or talk to me about politics or whatever, I'm not, I can't, you know, I can't do that. So, yeah. so it's kind of like you can set up a structure that works for you. And if they get on board, great. If they don't, then, you know, you got to take care of you first. And so something that I really, te- I love to teach my, my clients is, is the concept of high intention, low attachment. So when you go into a relationship or a conversation or anything, knowing what you want to say and why you want to say it and what you're trying to communicate is the most important thing so that you are speaking from your highest self. And then it's up to them. The ball's in their court at that point. And it's it's up to them to decide how they're going to respond. And then you can't be attached to that. You just have to continue to take care of yourself, whatever their response is. Yeah. And if they're choosing to not, you know, keep those boundaries and, and have that respect, then, you know, maybe you need to step away for a while. Yeah. And that that's okay. And it doesn't have to be forever, right? Right. Exactly. Sometimes it's healthy and needed. Here's another question for you, Sal. What are some things that you have replaced going to church with individually and with your kids? Good question. I have been on a journey of finding myself for the last five years. And I've really dug into yoga and mindfulness and spirituality. I've done a lot of listening to podcasts and reading books and and finding some spiritual communities. I really resonated with Kundalini yoga, just learning how to be still and and feeling that, you know, that peace that you feel when you pray or go to the temple and just learning how to connect with myself through mindfulness and meditation. And, and those things have been huge for me. And with the kids, you know, that's still a work in progress. Sometimes I miss the structure of church with the kids. And sometimes I, I miss having some consequence. <laughs> that's bigger than me for them to be nice. (laughs) Uh, You know, like I used to be able to just say, Jesus wants you to be like that. And, you know, God, this and, but I can't do that anymore. So I have to work harder at that. I have to do my own research and be proactive and really take opportunities to teach them because they're not all set up for me. It's not as easy as it was, but man, it's really amazing also to create our own community and to put together what we feel and and allow them to decide how they want to live. And, and it's just a whole new world. It's not at all how I was raised, but it's exciting. And there are lots of other people doing it this way that you don't know about when you're raised Mormon, you think you can't do it without the church, but in reality, there's a lot of people that have raised good humans. (laughs) Most people on the planet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's not as scary as, as you think. (laughs) I'm in the church still. So yeah, I'm in the church and, and I'm very nuanced and open-minded and I have tons of respect for people who stay and tons of respect for people who leave. And I honor everybody's 
everybody's journey. And I just think, yeah, we, if we could all just be like that with each other, right? Like you're going to have a great life. I'm going to have a great, like everybody can have a great life. Do your path. I, I love that. Um, let's do one more question. There was one that said, oh, what's your top book recommendation, Sal? Well, <laughs> this is a no-brainer, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. That's that a good came one. Out after, yeah, that came out after we had gone through everything. And so it was pretty, pretty cool to like, like connect. Parallel lives. Uh -huh. <laughs> Lena and I are manifesting our meeting with Glennon and Abby. It's going to happen. <laughs> and I really... I really enjoyed um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. It's a, it's a little bit heavier, a little bit like higher concept, but I really liked it. And I also really like secular Buddhism. It's this guy named Noah Reschetta, and he's a former Mormon, and he's kind of set up these really simple couple little books that talk about the principles of Buddhism. And it's kind of like how to be a human without the religion part of it and principles that will help you in your life. And I really, really grounded myself in those principles because when I left the church, I was like, what, like, why, what is the meaning? Why do I need to be a good person? This doesn't matter. I don't know what to do, you know? And, yeah. and uh, he really helped. He has a podcast as well. And, and he's, He's really wise. And there's other ways to, to get that information as well through, um, you know, Buddhism is obviously a big thing, but right. I liked getting it through another guy who knew what I had been through. So, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Good recommendations. Well, any final thoughts um, or words of encouragement for people who are going through a faith transition and are trying to navigate their relationship with active family members? Yeah. I'll just say I, really, I have had experience in this and it, and it didn't go, it, it didn't ruin my relationship. I thought it would. I thought I wasn't going to be able to be close to my family members that were still Mormon. And I am just, I just want everyone to know that if you can put the relationship first and put your beliefs second and really dig to be the your highest self whenever you communicate with them and you can vent later if you need to go and vent or like cry or whatever do that later and just show up in your heart when you're around these people things will get easier you can be if you can help them feel safe it will get easier and easier and you'll be able to be more of yourself as time goes by because you'll show them you're a safe person and these relationships you know they're not going away so so cutting them off completely isn't going to show them that there's love there. You know, yeah. it's like keeping the door open, being consistent with those boundaries, asking for what you need, being that higher person that you know you are and having those hard conversations is going to serve you more in the long run than just keeping quiet and being awkward and being mad and, and doing these things that we kind of we've kind of been conditioned to not talk about hard things. We've kind of been conditioned to be passive aggressive right. to, to not to, you know, like everything's taboo right. and you are as the, as the person that's evolving, the person that's going to teach them, you're the one that's going to show them a new way. And if you won't expect them to show up for you a certain way, you have to model that behavior. You have to show up and teach them these things that they don't know. And you have to do it through your own actions. You mm -hmm. can't, 
can't expect your parents to do something they were never taught how to do. So it's really stepping up. It's really pushing. If you want this relationship, you got to do the work and, and not be afraid and know that they love you so much. And anytime your parents are upset about something you do, it's because they love you. It's because they care about your eternal salvation. It's not because they're trying to be mean and trying to, your childhood wounds can come up a lot in those situations. And so being aware of that and, and knowing that that's not the case and kind of just taking a step back and seeing things for what they are and having awareness and then choosing that harder thing, not making decisions or saying things out of your pain, really learning how to regulate that nervous system, never debating, always bringing it down. All those things are just the things that are going to save your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So. Love that. Thank you. Work with you. How, how can I get in touch with you? Yeah. Thanks. Just send me a DM. I'll get in there. And, and also I have a there's a link to my little website on my Instagram and you can fill out a coaching application or you can just DM me. I'm here. I have a podcast as well that I put out every once in a while and would love to hear from all of you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I want to give a shout out for uh, my membership community. Next month, we're talking, the theme is communicating with active family members when you're going through a faith transition. So Join my membership group if you are interested in kind of diving into that topic with me. And I'm just so happy to have you awesome. on this live, Sal. It's just been delightful to chat with you. And, and thank you for the great work that you're doing with the post-Mormon LGBTQ community. And I think it's so important, the visibility that you and Lena have had to just show that life goes on, life moves, you yeah. know, life evolves right. and, and that it's, it's not the scariest thing and it can be really beautiful. So thanks for, for modeling Aww. that for so many people. Yeah. Thank you. That's so nice. And I really appreciate the work you do. I know thank how you. many people you're helping and it's, uh, it's awesome to see how many people are following you and who want to, you know, be more open and it's really encouraging. So yeah. thank for you the work that you do. And and having me on, I know it's, it's a, I was, I was really excited that you decided to have me on. So, thanks. oh, well, thank you. I, it's mutual. And go, if you're not following Sal, coming out coach on Instagram, go follow her right now. Okay, people. All right. DM her if you want to work with her as your coach and um, everybody have a great night. Thanks again, Sal. Hi friends. Have you ever thought of working with me as your personal coach? Well, I have a couple of openings for women in Utah or virtually all across the globe, and I would love to work with you. I'm a licensed therapist, and I've been specializing in women's emotional health and relationships for nearly 30 years, and I've transitioned to doing personal coaching. I love it, and I'm excited to work with you. I help women making career and life decisions, communication training, moving on after children have moved out of the home or after divorce, finding your passion in life, or creating partnership in your marriage and family. I also work a lot with faith transitions and mixed faith marriages. I'm confident that I can help you create the life you love. I can't wait to work with you. And you can use code 150OFF for $150 off priority coaching with me. Go to drjuliehanks.com slash coaching or email hello at drjuliehanks.com for more information. 
Again, that code is 150, so 150 off OFF. talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.